I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Ordinary to extraordinary. Hi. Ben forced me to record remotely today, so if I sound muffled, it's Ben's fault. Okay. I have all the mod cons and all the stuff, but Ben said I sound kind of muffled, so. I don't know if you are to the recording, but we'll find out. I guess we will find out. Um, Yeah, we released a really cool podcast today. That was Philip Tyler. Yeah, that was, was awesome. One of our more moving, I think, and insightful podcasts in terms of what's yeah. happening in the world today. And well, uh, that, I hope everybody listens. Yeah, the fact that we talk candidly about race relations, Black Lives Matters, uh, suicide awareness. Uh, his son committed suicide. I mean, wow, when he was telling us that story, I don't think you and I have ever been more captivated or moved by any stories we've ever been told. During the middle of it, you and I were both just dead silent sitting there for, and that doesn't happen where you and I are both silent for like an extended period of time. Like I, I didn't have words I lost a little bit. Yeah. Well, there, there, I mean, I don't even know that for a long time we, we didn't even give any verbal nods. No, it was just literally engaged. Total engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to that, I urge you to go back one. And then Absolutely. come back and listen to this one. Uh, but yeah, very, very intelligent speaker, um, articulate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously highly educated in the ways of uh, politics uh, and so many other valuable life skills. He's military, he's police, he's a black man that, you know, was head of the NAACP for our local chapter. I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> you, you check every box of what's happening right now in terms of. Uh, some of the adversity on all sides. Yeah. And obviously we, uh, I mean, we mentioned this, or I think I brought it up during the, um, during the podcast. The, we were terrified. We were terrified of, we wanted to talk about all the issues we talked about, but we knew we had to have the right person in order to discuss it and not come out on the other side of it. Basically, well, not only that, but us coming from a place of wanting to learn and grow and not just mm-hmm. vocalizing our own opinions on the matter necessarily from a naive place, if that makes yeah. sense. Uh, naivety, ignorance, and I think ignorance nor- normally has a, a negative connotation when you call someone ignorant or say that there's a lot of ignorance. Um, yeah. it, it can, it, I mean, it can be a, 
a negative thing, but in this case it wasn't. I mean, we we just do not have the perspective of growing up as a black man in, in America or I Scotland. Guess there's the difference between admission of ignorance and then just like pretending like you're not even ignorant. Like, no, I'm not yeah. ignorant. I totally understand. Like, I know everything. It's like, well, no, now you're just being a looney tune. Yeah, that's a good differentiation there. So, oh, the day. yeah, go go check it out. We have a cool topic today as well, though, I think. Uh, kind of threw this one at Ben this morning. And I said, let's talk about some of our personal weaknesses. Let's talk about the things that we don't do well as family members, as humans, as uh, colleagues, friends. Um, I think it's often important. We, we talk about leadership a lot, and I think you can say leadership and you can use all the buzzwords, but I think until you're prepared to admit and acknowledge some of your failures and failings as a, as a person, I don't think you're ready to improve yourself. Exactly. I was going to say, to be a leader, you got to show vulnerability, and vulnerability leads to growth, I think. So hopefully this is a little bit to that today and really going back to the roots of our podcast, right? I mean, O2E was founded on the premise of, Hey, this is going to be an accountability tool for us to get into the gym and to get our businesses in good shape. Mm-hmm. And that was 2019. So really going back to some of the roots of accountability, right? And 2020 was how do we want to get into better leadership, right? Or grow within our own leadership capabilities and grow our mental health. So part of this is admitting some of the struggles that I think each of us has um, on a daily, weekly, whatever basis. And then that just inherently, as we become more rooted in our own mental health, is going to lead to better, uh, it's going to lead to better leadership capabilities. God, that was a, for some reason, hard for me to say. Yeah. And I think capabilities is an interesting one when it comes to leadership. I'm always, I always ponder that, you know, I think there's so many cookie cutter leadership courses out there and, hey, sign up for this $1,000 seminar and come and see blah, blah, blah speak. And, and, Somebody who's and never get done access to leadership. Yeah. And I think it's important as a culture, as, as just as people to realize that not everybody's cut out to be a leader and not everybody can be a leader or should be a leader. And I think we often, not that Ben or I are perfect in any way, shape or form as a leader, but what we do have is, a, a, I think, a specific aptitude to where when we're put in difficult situations, both of us can step up and say, all right, let's, let's zoom out 10,000 foot view. How do we do what's best for everybody? How do we get everybody in the right place? Um, and it's okay to not want to be a leader as well. It's okay to not want that. Um, yeah. So if somebody, if you think you can become a leader by going to a seminar and hearing somebody speak, you're mistaken. If you think you can be a leader by reading all the right books, you're mistaken. You know, well, it's and I'll say practical this, Steve, application think, of culture and, and different. Leadership is not just like a, an action. It's, it's kind of like being an entrepreneur, right? It's like, I don't think people are just entrepreneurs. Like you don't, can't just be an entrepreneur, right? It's like, I think it's something that's innate and deep inside you. Like leadership stems from a place of wanting to make people better and wanting to grow mm-hmm. people not just yourself, but wanting to grow people, right? And lead a charge. So I think that isn't something that you get at the seminar, right? You might hone that, but innately it has to come from within you before you can ever develop something, right? If you don't have anything to develop, it's not going to work. If you don't have that feeling or that desire or that heart strength that's getting tugged yeah. on. And Sorry. just as a, a, no, that's okay. Just as a reminder, a position doesn't mean you're a leader. 
I know lots of people that have position mm-hmm. and they're granted position. Uh, I think I've used my company as a as a an example of that. For a long time, I feel our company promoted to leadership based on performance alone. And mm-hmm. often your top performers are not going to be your best leaders because it's about them. It's about how did they succeed, how not how do we succeed. And well, I think that's where... Say that again? I said you're an embodiment of that at Heartland. Like you're not in a managerial position per se, but you're definitely a leader in helping other folks get going and get on their own feet. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy giving insight to people. So... Talk about your shortcomings. Yeah. Every time you move your computer, can you put it down flat somewhere or stop moving? Because every time you move, it ruffles in my ears. The speakers pick it up. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to hold it steady. All right. Yeah. Don't make me laugh. How about you just put it down flat? Well, I'm sitting on the couch. Oh. Seriously, I can hear every every time you move. What about here, hold, I'm gonna give you a view. I'm so glad that the listeners can't see what I see right now. <laughs> ben is sitting like a pretty French lady waiting for somebody to paint him. <laughs> On his side with his hand under his chin. <laughs> you had it perfect, except for the pretty part. I was working on that all morning for you. All right. So we are going to talk weaknesses. We're going to talk about where we need to improve some of the the certain major things that are lacking or not even necessarily lacking, just things that we know we need to be aware of. Um, So it's there. It's a conscious thought, but where we fail or or where we, where we can certainly improve. Um, So, do you have a coin on you? Shall we toss to see who goes first? I don't have a coin on me. <laughs> <Looking> around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have to get one. He's away no coins out one. here. No coins. All right. So since you don't have a coin, you go first. Oh, you're such a dick. <laughs> I know. I'm good at it, though. Okay, those of us who aren't uh, American citizens go first. I thought we already decided you were going first. <laughs> Fine. So I was thinking about this and I'm like, okay, so I, I opened a Word document this morning. I just started writing stuff down in terms of areas that I've like, okay, what's something in the last couple of months where I felt myself be like, God dang it, I wish I didn't do that. Or I wish I didn't say that. Or I wish I didn't feel that. Right. Um, and how often does it happen? <laughs> and then, so some of those that I came up with, or things personally, I think, that I need to work on that have been shown in, I mean, my actions, my words, just life in general. Uh, and I actually ended up, mm-hmm. I know we talked about doing like three weaknesses, but I ended up writing down four <laughs> just because that's above and beyond. Right. That's something I do, as I do go above and beyond, Stephen. So you get four. So I get, I get, to, I get to do one less then? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you get to do one less. <laughs> No, there's one of Stephen's weaknesses: humility. But Wait, I was I wasn't humble there. No. Huh? Okay. But okay, do you just want to go like down the list and be like the first one? No, let's do stuff. one. Let's do one. We'll talk about it, and then I'll jump That's in, and I then meant. we can go back and forward. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's okay. So first one that I put down really honestly is contentment. Um, and I think I was thinking about like, where does this come from? And it's funny because I was telling somebody the other day is the more time I spend off social media, like away from my cell phone, away from comparison, blah, 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 like the more content I feel, right? Like there's no, there's just no comparison. And it's like, and I've said it before, it's like comparison is the thief of joy. And I probably say it more than most because I have to remind myself of it. And I've always tried to hold myself to a standard I think that is high and above what most people will ever achieve in life. <laughs> and sometimes it's unrealistic for someone my age. So, I um, mean, I think it's great to have high goals and very high aspirations. Uh, and I believe I do have that, but sometimes they bite me in the butt and I think I should be at a level, you know, and I have to remind myself that it's like, you know, we talk about goals, right. And how the Simon Sinek thing, like, Hey, just cause you hit your goal doesn't mean that you failed. It just means you got to change the goal. And when I hit, you know, I set these goals and I don't hit them, I don't feel content. Right. And I feel like I failed. And then it's just ever perpetuating cycle almost. And uh, it's a bad, bad, <laughs> bad place to be, right? Because contentment goes into other areas of life too. So, yeah. So I have I have two words this year that I'm really focused on, and I don't know that I've shared this with you. First one is focus, and I'm going to show you something. Readers won't or listeners won't see this, but I even have a water bottle that says "focus on it." Yeah. Um, because a lot of times my mind is scattered and I don't focus on tasks as, as, as closely as I should. But the other one is perspective. And the reason I say perspective is often we lack perspective when we're dealing with other people, but I think you're, and, and if, if you, I want you to take this as a compliment, not as a, a major criticism, you're your own biggest critic. Oh yeah. And no, you I criticize agree. yourself without perspective often. <laughs> and that you are 31 years old and miles as in I'm talking light years ahead of probably and I'm I'm talking if you take out any kind of inheritance, you know, people that um people that are uh, inheriting money like you're way ahead of your average 31 year old by light years. And I'm talking financially. I'm talking from a relationship standpoint, from a, everything. I mean, you've got two, two kids, beautiful wife, um, you know, and you've, you've got what so many people want. And mm-hmm. I think often you like that perspective. And, and when you finally come back to ground, you realize that you're kind of a muppet sometimes by not realizing <laughs> how far ahead you are financially and everything else. But some of the like words said, it's, out of your mouth I love it a muppet it's a compliment but I at know the same it. time it, it's critical of you you know and I think it's it's interesting that this is the first one you went to because I think if we said to each other write down three weaknesses of each other that's probably where I would start that you compare too much you compare with people that are not your peers <laughs> um and it's not to say that they won't be your peers sooner yeah. rather than later, but you, you genuinely compare yourself with people that are 10, sometimes 15 or 20 years ahead of you in life and want to be in the situation financially and family wise and everything that they are. 
And it's like, nah, you, you got to earn that. That's, that's coming. And you're way ahead of where they were when they were in your spot. And I know that Jake and Tim, not Jake, Tim, I know that Jake and Tim have had that conversation with you of late multiple times because you've shared that with me, you know? Yeah, no, Jake and Tim are colleagues of mine, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know. But, yeah. no, and that's and it's it, right? And, and like I've done, and I didn't do it just in the last month since we just had Charlie because the mornings are a total CF. But the mm-hmm. uh, the gratitudes, right, the morning devotions and things like that were helpful too, what does, right? What does CF mean for anybody that doesn't know? Clusterfuck. <laughs> I just wanted you to swear. Clusterfuck. I know you're a bad, bad man, Stephen. A bad, bad man. But so that that was my first one was contentment, okay. right? And part of that is going back into focusing on the things that I do have and the positive things that I do uh, have going in my life, right? And then setting some perspective. I think, like you said, actually, perspective is a great leveler, right? It's like, dude, sometimes I have to tell myself even. It's like, you're doing great. You've got the house on the hill, the beautiful wife, the kids, the cars, the, I mean, it's going, it's working. And then it just might not be as quickly as I want. So I got to force myself to say, stop, like slow down and just enjoy it too. Right. It's like, I think sometimes you're just so focused on grinding and going so fast and you want it so quickly and you just want everything that your little heart desires and that you forget everything that you already have almost. Yeah. Perspective is this wonderful thing. Uh, And the reason I'm focused on it is it's such a beautiful thing to be aware of because it goes like all great things in life it goes two ways right so you think about all the good things in life it's a two-way street so perspective can be given and it can be received and knowing where and when to give perspective and how to give perspective without belittling someone is so important so it's a reason that i'm focused on it so much um but yeah so one of the things that i've learned more and more probably through the podcast is I love people's stories, but I think the number one thing I struggle with, my biggest weakness is that I lack empathy, Um, Mm. not sympathy. I can absolutely feel sorry for people. What I truly struggle with in some cases, not in all cases either. Like when I'm empathetic, I'm really good at being empathetic, but where I struggle is, where there's outside circumstances, mitigating factors, right? Um, I've always been a, oh, that was horrible. Switch your phone on silent, dude. That's my computer. Oh, um, oh, sorry. That came through my lug holes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, where I I struggle is I've always been a pick yourself up with a bootstraps kind of guy. Yeah. When that's not an option for some people or when people need additional advice then rub some dirt on it and get on with it or pick yourself up and you know try again and really where and this is kind of linking back to perspective and it's the reason that I brought it up for you and for me is that talking with Phil last week like when he shared with us how unaware of how much pain his son was in before he killed Mm -hmm. himself Mm -hmm. and that's I mean that was so powerful both in that moment and since and I've thought about it a lot that I have to not necessarily give people more grace because I do think I give people grace I think what I need to do is it's the old adage right like walk a mile in someone's shoes before you judge them and I need to be better at that well I I write people off early 
and I yeah. need to stop doing that. Well, that goes to your whole perspective thing, right? Too. I mean, yeah. if you're going like sometimes stepping out of your own shoes and into theirs and seeing it through their eyes, right, and their perspective, because mm -hmm. you just don't know where people are at and what they're struggling with, too. I mean, the fact that his son would do something like that and his own father couldn't tell, I mean, and they had cookies every evening on the front step and would chat together. I mean, how much more involved of a father are you going to get, right? And, and to not know that your son is struggling with that type of thing is is hard, right? I mean, and for friends in general, too. I mean, you hear this story over and over again, right? It's like some days I feel like you do that to me even, right? It's like you're just like, oh, suck it up. It's like, okay, not what – I mean, those aren't helpful comments in times when people are hurting, right? Is to mm -hmm. tell someone, oh, just suck it up. It's like sometimes people yeah. just want their feelings validated, right? Even if they are – what you think is wrong mm -hmm. and i think where it uh where it kind of comes from if you like is obviously um i'm from a different country yeah i grew up with in the 80s brothers, too. with a bunch of brothers and you know i had to fight for a lot i mean me and my brother beat lumps out each other um yeah. i had to fight for a lot I had an upbringing where if I was babied or mollycoddled in any way, it was a sign of weakness. Um, I had to walk. I'm not trying to make this sound like an uphill both ways kind of story, but I used to get, if I, if I didn't know my way around, I would get beat up. You know, there were certain areas I had to basically run through. I was chased home a lot. I was beat up multiple times. Um, I mean, I've had more black eyes and bust faces than, than most people in this country outside the MMA fighters I've ever had. So I didn't grow up in a great area. And I guess the lack of empathy there is I always look at it from the perspective that I moved away when I was 21. had very little, if any, help once I was here from my folks, you know, um, not because they couldn't help, just because I didn't want it. And anything I have to this point and anything I'll ever have, I'm self-made. I mean, my dad tried to talk to me a few years ago about inheritances and stuff. And I said, I don't need your money. Spend every penny. You know, you mum go everywhere you've ever wanted to go and see everything you've ever wanted to see, do everything you ever wanted to do. And don't worry about me or the rest of the boys. So I, it's one of those where if you've come through this school of hard knocks um, and our backgrounds are very different, I always expect that other people are capable mentally and physically to sort of, prop themselves up and I've always and again talking to Phil it was kind of an eye opener um, I've always just thought that mental illness was a weakness and that's not the case and yeah so I've been thinking on that a lot for the last week or so so empathy well, is something I really need to work I mean, on that's good that you you know thought that through and that's that's a uh pretty important one, especially on the topic of suicide. I mean, that's, yeah. It's funny yeah. as I think so. I, I, to some degree, I struggle with that too. Empathy, you know, depending on the person and what they're dealing with. Right. Cause I do have a little bit, it's like, just suck it up. Like I did crappy in school and I mean, to get decent grades, I had to kill myself and work every Sunday. My brother was just telling me yesterday how I used to spend every weekend in my room, like studying, you know? And I was like, yeah, I did just to get bees, <laughs> you know, and then kids would make funny in high school and so and you just kind of grind and get through it. And then 
when you do that and you get through it, you kind of look back and it's funny because you would think you would be one of the most empathetic people having lived through that type of stuff, but it almost makes you calcified to it in a way to where you're even less empathetic because of it. And I'm kind of the opposite when just hearing your story there, my teachers hated me. I refused to do homework. I didn't study. I, I didn't learn it in class. I wasn't learning it or I was learning things the same way I do now, just from listening to older people speak. I was watching lectures. I would, and I learned a lot and I actually did fairly well in school in terms of marks and, and exams and things like that. But I've never studied a day in my life, even for things now for work. Like I'll look over notes and, you know, I see people like scribbling away. I was, I want to say gifted because to not study and still get the, the grades and stuff that I did, I would say now looking back, I understand why my teachers, I was such a pain in the ass for them because I didn't apply myself in the least. The only thing I was interested in was basketball and soccer. Yeah. Everything else was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do well because I'm, I have natural aptitude for it. And yeah, I didn't, I wasn't you. The thought of staying in my room for an entire day and studying, I tried it once and I lasted like 10 minutes. I remember it. As, I, I was like, why am I reading this shit? Yeah, it was every Sunday afternoon for me. It's the only Sunday way I, afternoons. I could do well. <laughs> Sunday afternoons in my youth were for Italian soccer. That's when the Italian soccer was on TV. So, so <laughs> there yeah, you go. So let's move on. Number two, what's uh, another weakness from you? One of mine, uh, and it ebbs and flows depending on how much stress is going on, what's going on in the world, and also the contentment, right? All it's what I was. What's interesting is I think a lot of these are intertwined, and you don't really realize it until you write them all down on paper and you're looking at them, and you realize maybe I'm a little burned out. <laughs> is what I was looking at on some of these. I'm like, because they all kind of go together, and uh, patience is my next one. So it kind of goes with empathy, I guess. Actually, it's very similar now that I think about it, mm-hmm. is the harder work is, the more unproductive I feel at work uh, in terms of bringing on new clients. And it all kind of stems from work a lot of the time. I mean, I think people know it's, finance is pretty stressful. You're dealing with human emotions and you're dealing with a volatile market. So it can be stressful. Um, my patience decreases. My patience for people decreases. Uh, I... I'm more irritable. If somebody says something stupid, I'm more likely to mouth off to you. Uh, I just don't have the patience anymore that I used to, right? And it's like, I used to be the happy, adventurous, fun guy. I mean, even before you, Steven, it's like, I was always game for an adventure. I was going to be the one jumping off or, you know, taking the, the, so I remember freaking the rope swings off the cliff and into the water and stuff. It's like, that was me. And anymore, it's like, I'm almost just so tired. <laughs> and stressed that the lady that the uh patience just isn't there anymore for people and it comes that comes back to a perspective like we talked about and some of it comes back to just taking a few deep breaths you know and not taking things so seriously yeah i mean patience is something that like you said it goes hand in hand with the empathy um i think and this might surprise you I'm a really patient person when I'm teaching something. Mm-hmm. But where I don't have patience is for pity parties. And again, maybe this comes back to the empathy thing. Yeah. Um, but there's a really great line. And uh, this, is, this is obscene. 
So I'm going to preface it with that. So if children are listening or anything like that, do the earmuff thing. But there's a scene in Deadpool or Deadpool 2, and the old lady basically tells him that she can't hear him for the pity dick in his mouth. (laughs) 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 And yeah, so she basically goes, oh, I can't hear a word you're saying because you got that big old pity dick in your mouth. And I'm like, okay, Um, I'm not into pity parties. Like, I'm happy to help you find a solution. I'm happy to coach you through something. I'm happy to give perspective or insight. What I'm not happy to do is to be patient and perpetuate your 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 low ebb. You know, you're going. There's going to be a point where I'll give you five to ten minutes, maybe even a little longer than that, yeah. to bitch and moan and, and feel sorry for yourself, and then it's time to move on. So yeah, yeah I can see is- why patience is something that relationships though too it's like because I, I i'm actually mine's weird because i'm a very patient person and you could yell and scream and fight and i'm pretty calm and docile and easygoing and then it's like there's just something that snaps right but it's usually small little things that'll get me going and children man oh Whew. toddlers so test your patience like no business i've seen you snap twice in a professional setting um, both were when we were on the board together, uh, and honestly, it was appropriate at the time. Um, so I, I actually don't know that you struggle with patience in, in a lot of regards. Maybe in some no. situations, and it's uh, mostly but, honestly in this particular regard. It'd be with like kids at this point yeah. too, right? It's like I have a toddler and a newborn, so it's like, and your toddlers oh. will test you. And I know parents, people that listen to this, like you know what I'm talking about right now. Like, this is real. <laughs> Toddlers will test your patience like nothing. Don't touch that. Yeah, and then they're like, Dad, <laughs> Dad, Dad. Hey, Dad, do you see I'm talking? Dad, I'm talking, son. Dad, 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 Dad. You're like, oh, my God, child. Like, I am still talking. And then you go, what? And they go, hi. Hi. <laughs> you're like, oh, I love you, kid, but my God, you're crazy yeah all right so (laughs) this one i think i've gotten better with but i still struggle with it depending on the person um i suck at delegating tasks and when i say i suck i half suck at it now i've gotten better as long as i trust somebody i'll delegate a task uh in a leadership role i tend to want to do it all which can work for a while but then there's scalability issues and i think i mentioned this when we were talking with tyler dickerhoof and he got into the soccer thing with me and why it didn't work for me and it was that i had high expectations high standards and a vision and i didn't necessarily get the vision across to people as well as i thought i did and, and what happened was I ended up working 14, 15 hour days, doing everything, give somebody a task, they'd bring it back and it was wrong. And instead of teaching them to do it the right way, I would just do it myself. Yeah. Or I would give specific instructions. And that, to a certain extent, some of this happened as well. I would give specific instructions to people who weren't capable of following the specific instructions. What was that face? What were you looking at? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Somebody just walked by the glass door and you just eyeballed them up and down, dude. I saw that. Yeah, I did. 
<laughs> yeah, she was very attractive. You um, literally just did the whole head to body scan through <laughs> Zoom. I could see it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's one. That's one of my weaknesses as well. I like women. Um, no. Uh, so, where was I? You made me. Oh, delegating tasks. So, yeah, I was. I would give people tasks and they wouldn't do them to the standard I expected, and I would just take it back and tell them to get the heck out of my sight, kind of thing. Um, and I realize now that that was probably a toxic way to do it. Um, and some of it was I didn't have a good team around me and I hired out of uh, convenience as opposed to hiring through. Now I'm slow to hire and quick to fire. Then I was quick to hire and slow to fire. And that's, that can lead to toxicity. You know, you let things fester and you think people are, some of it was me wanting to see the best in people and what I didn't realize at the time. And like I said, I've gotten better with this in delegation side of things. Um, I'm more likely to walk someone through something, have them do it, than actually show them how to do it. Does that make sense? Then me do it for them. Um, but what I learned through all of this was that um, it's better to have people do what they're really good at all the time than what they're really good at some of the time and then try and teach them new skills all the time. Um, and by that, I mean the soccer world is really unique. So I had a lot of great soccer people around me. Like if you wanted to sit and talk X's and O's and tactics and development plans, they were great at that, but they weren't office people and they weren't good at picking the phone up. They weren't good at responding to emails. They weren't good at dealing with uh, parents or, or other clubs. So it broke apart because you assume that because they're great soccer people, they can do all the business side of things as well. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. There was great soccer people and there was great business people, but there wasn't great soccer business people. And I, I'm going to humble brag a little bit. I was one of the few that could operate in the business side of the soccer world and the soccer side of the soccer world at a high level. But that's not uncommon so. to have somebody who is – I mean, think about like dentists, doctors, attorneys, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of them are really good practitioners of their trade, but they're not good business individuals, which is not a bad thing. That's just how it works. I mean, one would not expect you to be the best plastic surgeon in the world and be incredible businessmen too, right? Like to know how to you know balance a budget or how to keep your general ledger. And I mean, nobody, that's mm -hmm. not realistic to be great at both things too. Some people are naturally gifted and it comes a little easier to them than others, but not everybody. I think another way of saying what you're talking about delegating even is asking for help. Yeah. It's like, I think some people who, who have that mindset and, and it's almost like it's a martyr syndrome, I call it. Right. Where it's like they almost <laughs> in, want to take it on so that they can say that they took it on and that it was them and they did it all right and it's the martyr syndrome it's like and that's where my patience doesn't come <laughs> that's going back to my second point there I'm like oh boohoo for you it's like why didn't you just ask somebody to help you right and so that's mm -hmm. you know, all of our stuff is connected in one way or another <laughs> but it's like i think people like the feeling of being needed and, and valued and being able to say that they did 
this, right? It's like everybody else was doing a bad job. So I came in and I got it going, but you can't actually have that mindset. I mean, because when you're gone, the firm, organization, whatever needs to operate without you. And so you got all the practices whipped into shape and then left and everything fell apart. That's not leadership. I mean, you didn't create a healthy organization in that role. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a really good one, Stephen, to, I think, realize and then grow with within in the vein of this podcast, you know, and getting better with leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, and mental health. I mean, that's a big mental health one, too. Yeah. Well, I've, I've told you, and I think often people kind of poo-poo it or not poo-poo it, but they kind of roll their eyes when I tell them this is a weekly therapy session. Yeah. The things that I get off my chest talking to you once a week and all these people that listen, it's awesome. I mean, I walk out of here with the weight of the world off my shoulders usually. Oh, I was going to say, I walk out of here usually. (laughs) It's fine on my end. Can you hear me now? You keep freezing, not me. No, you keep freezing. Not me. No, you keep freezing. You keep freezing. See, you just... (laughs) You just froze there. Yes. This is why you should have just pulled your head out of your ass and drove downtown to meet me. Um, anyway, yeah, so, yeah, oftentimes I'll, I'll walk out of the podcast uh, feeling like the weight of the world is off my shoulders because I've just talked about some things that have been front and center in my mind and you feel good about it. You've shared the problem, you've had the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Well, just being able to talk and vocalize something, I think, to someone is healthy. And a lot of podcasts provides that platform for us that I don't think we otherwise probably would have talked about it. Yeah. Um, so my third point here, then I'll jump onto it, unless you had anything more to say in your second. No, go for it. Is, is I'll, I'll talk about the third point, but my, I'll jump to my fourth actually. But my fourth kind of goes in with all of them we've talked about already is complaining a little bit. But <laughs> my third one is laziness. And it's actually uh, with regard to things that I don't want to do. It's like I used to be, I think I was kind of saying, I don't take spontaneous adventures like I used to anymore. They just seem to be kind of too much work. Sometimes it's hard to motivate myself to do the things that I, I know I want to do. They really kind of replenish my soul, but it takes work, right? It's like, ah, I should go for a bike ride. It'd really be nice to go out for a bike ride. It's like, but then I got to, you know, get my bike out, lube up the chain, get it all set up, like get throw it in the truck, drive there, get the bike out, go for a ride. Now Steven is doing the laying down on the couch thing. Like, what are you doing? I'm getting comfy. But, uh, so sometimes it's hard to motivate myself to go and do the things that I want to do because they take a little extra work than just sitting on the couch and watching TV at night, which really doesn't fulfill me. Right. So the things that seem fulfilling are actually harder. I saw somebody's line today and it said, sometimes the right thing is the hardest thing. And I was thinking, it's like most of the time, the right thing is the hardest thing. <laughs> but when uh-huh. I saw the quote, and I was like, and it's true because it's like the thing that you want and I guess this pertains in all aspects and areas of life, right? Like the things that you want are always the hardest. Everyone wants to be rich. Nobody wants to do the work to get there. Everyone wants to be physically fit. Nobody wants to stop eating the Cheetos or drinking the beer, right? It's like everybody wants to have the lake house, but they want to buy it. It's like all of these things that are hard that we want that are fulfilling, right? In the long run, 
take sacrifice up front, right? That's my, I've said it before with regard to financial independence and being wealthy, right? It's like everybody wants to be wealthy because name your, because whatever it is, whatever your financial goal is, but nobody wants to put away the 20% and save to get there to be wealthy, right? Or they don't want to take the risks of investing in a company or starting a company to become wealthy. It's like, well, you don't get to become wealthy. Or you don't get to take the vacation with your family unless you save and you do these things, right? So mm-hmm. even my own laziness sometimes, I, I, I fall <laughs> in it. And uh, lucky, like you said it before, lucky for me, my work ethic is pretty decent compared to most. So I think you said uh, my 70% is like most people's 120% or something like that. So luckily, yeah. I can get by on being lazy sometimes and still be further ahead than most um, just because it's my own definition of lazy, not, not what maybe society would call as lazy. So it's funny that that's actually a problem for me as well. And I never thought about it till you kind of tried to talk about your, your chain and your bike and all that stuff. I'm not lazy in terms of my work ethic. I'm lazy when it comes to recreation. So Mm -hmm. I wake up on a Saturday and I go to the gym and I come home and I'm more likely to do nothing but maybe go to Costco or the grocery store and fart about all day than I am to go on a hike to some of the most beautiful locations we have yeah, all over the place. You go talk with them. Or somebody's invited me to the lake and I'm like, oh, nah. But some of that, and I'm not, I'm not making an excuse, but I will give us some grace here. I think some of that is that in your job and my job, not to belittle other jobs or what other people do, we both have to be on. So there's a mental taxation that we we have to deal with on a weekly basis to the time that it rolls around on a Friday. And mentally, you're not physically exhausted. You still wake up early. You feel great physically. But then mentally, you just need to not be with somebody else or do something that, that you know, it's, yeah. I almost, it's true. some weekends, I'm completely antisocial. I have lots of things that I could do and lots of things that I've been invited to do. And I will either ignore or just be like, nah, not for me. Thanks, yeah. but no thanks. But so I think a lot of the time I, you fill your cup by being social. I mean, even you. It's mm-hmm. like going to the lake and hanging out. Yeah. Work to get out to the lake. But it's really nice to actually you relax by the water and I'm the same way right with people and mm-hmm. to relax it actually takes even more work <laughs> yeah so I can relate to that much more than I thought I would when you talked about being lazy but I, I'm lazy in my in my personal downtime not my work life yeah yeah into my work life depending um, on how mentally taxed I am yeah, so something I used to really struggle with and I'm getting better at, um, and I think it's once I've figured out what Wabi Sabi was. Yeah, Wabi Sabi. And it's the uh, every day, every week, every month, every year is version 108.9 or 108.10 of myself. And I used to, now that I've embraced that as a person, that I'm constantly making myself better and that I'm never the finished article, uh-huh. I've also embraced it in terms of the work that I do. What 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 are you making that face for? 
Wait, you don't hear me? I don't know if it's... Hold on. It did say my internet was unstable. Let me turn back around. It said your internet was unstable. Okay. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, so now that I've embraced the, the sort of wabi-sabi thing, I, uh, I'm fine with progress in all, in all forms, right? So I used to get really agitated playing golf because I wasn't good. Yeah. And I've done a lot of work and I've gotten better with it. And every now and again, I'll still address the ball and I'll catch the, the ground thick and I'll take a divot and the ball goes straight, but it only goes 30 or 40 yards. And I used to beat myself up for that. And now I say it out loud and I say it to other people. I'm like, the ball progressed and it went straight. Wasn't the best, but the ball progressed and it went straight. I'm now like that will work as well. I used to agonize over emails. And before I made a phone call, I would have that paralysis by analysis thing. Like mm-hmm. we read things a hundred times. I'll sleep on this and then I'll send it in the morning. And then in the morning you make three changes and then you got to reread it. on. So a task that should have taken you 10 minutes ends up taking you a day and a half. Right. <laughs> and now I'm just like, Hey, just do it. You know, and you, we talk about Nike and, and the meaning of Nike mm-hmm. to me. I have swooshes all over me to remind me to just do it. Just do something. And I'm not a perfectionist anymore. I used to be a perfectionist. I wouldn't do something in public unless I was good at it. Now I'll embarrass myself and embrace it. And be like, all right, I know I need to get better at this. Um, and that was quite the, uh, quite the challenge initially to go from, and especially here, you guys have a lot of sports and activities that, I never had access to as a kid, right? Not even sports. So basketball, football, baseball, all of those I'd done those, right? But I'm talking, you know, archery I'd done a little bit as a as a scout. Now I love to go bow hunt and I'm really contemplating doing more of it. Um, shooting guns. I'd never seen a gun till I came to this country. Now I can shoot a gun fairly well. So there's just lots of things that I was shit at and I had to embrace being shit at them in order to get better at them rather than just not do them. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I've embraced it personally, I've embraced it professionally, and I've certainly embraced it in relationships that I would often come in thinking I was a finished article in relationships early on in life. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Yeah. So, so yeah. I have a question. So that was something, oh. this is the one where I can't figure out necessarily, I mean, I can figure out contentment and how to work on being more content. And I can figure out... Uh, what was my second one? Sorry. Wait, uh, patience. I can figure out some of these things, right? I can figure out ways to become more patient, more content. I'm having a hard time figuring out ways to become less lazy in some of the areas that I'm not, you know, that are fulfilling to me, but that take extra work to do, right? Like I mentioned, like with the bike, right? And, and like mm-hmm. going on a bike ride or going out sometimes and going for a walk or going and just dinking around in the yard, right? Doing things instead of sitting on the couch, right? Some of that is just uh, doing it, you know, just start doing one. Doing it, doing it, doing it. It's just it. hard to do it, right? But sometimes when it's just hard to even get going, it's like, how do you mentally convince yourself? So what are the things you said you'd do that to some degree too? And maybe you don't care about wanting to be better in that area and that's fine. That's not a bad thing necessarily, right? I mean, you can acknowledge it and, and that's how you rest. But it's like for those of us that want to get better in those areas, I, I'm not sure I know what the answer is to get better in those areas. 
other than people, you know, we could say the unempathetic thing of, well, just do it, right? But it's like, okay, not helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I would go with this. Um, in order to get better at anything, I think you have to tie it to something, whether that be a reward or an accountability issue, right? So this podcast exists because we made it as an accountability tool, right? And it worked. Um, you're very different to me in that I think you like on weekends, you like having structure, you like knowing I'm going to the lake at five o'clock on Friday, on Saturday morning I'm going to breakfast at 10 o'clock, I'll be on the boat at noon until like four, I might drink two beers, I might drink three beers, whereas with me I cannot stand having plans in my, in my non-work time. I yeah. think what you do, like for instance, when it comes to the, the bike, maybe you just reach out to your friends, you know, pop does it, you make sure you have plans or you join a group so that then there's the accountability of people wondering, well, Ben said he was going to be here. Where the hell is Ben? If you don't show up, right? So I think you just yeah. tie some of the things that you're lazy at doing or no, lazy is a bad word. Some of the things you're not motivated uh -huh. to do, you just, you just yeah. tie them to different things, right? So maybe it's, Hey, Weston, once I'm finished mowing the lawn, you and I are going to go and go to grandpa's and do something with the cars or something like that. But you, yeah. you have the reward for what you do or you have the accountability of a meeting someone else. I've made a plan with someone else and you don't let people down. So you're going to be there and you're going to do it. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? That's yeah, how no, I would approach it if I was you. Well, it's easy because it's like versus having to get off your butt and go actually bike ride, you can make mm -hmm. plans a bike ride right like just your buddies like want a bike ride then if they say yes you're like crap now i gotta go ride a bike <laughs> but, but, but the it, thing is you enjoy yeah. it once you've yeah, done I it know. Right? and it's not even it's not even forcing you it's just that you i guess but it is a force thing. You need force that's fine that's not yeah. a bad thing you're less likely to bail on something when you have a set plan so if someone says to me hey do you want to get dinner on wednesday and i say yeah and we don't make any plans by that it's in their court to follow up on that if they say, hey, meet me at Buffalo Wild Wings at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, it goes in the calendar and I know I'm meeting them at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. I can't bail on it. But if you give me a loose plan, the chances are I'm not going to follow up on that. I'm like, that, that ball's in your court now. And I wouldn't be mad if he didn't, you know? <laughs> so I think that's kind of... <laughs> you don't like wings? What the heck, man? No, I do like wings, but often on Wednesday, not just Wednesday, but often it gets to the time and I'm like, eh. I don't really want to. I want to go home and decompress. I want to sit with the dog in the backyard and stick on some Bob Marley and listen to that song. I told you that. That's my song. Redemption song. When I just need a minute. I like it. I should do more of that. Yeah. Right. So. Did you say your third I one? I ended up. I did. My third one was um, uh, perfectionism. Like how, how, how I've moved on from that and I'm embracing it. But I still have to work on it because it's a it's a it's a conscious thing all the time. Oh, was that your about relationships? That part? I guess I didn't hear you say perfection. Oh, yeah. oh, it's still a weakness. It's still there. It's and the way I look at weaknesses is it's easy to lapse. So look at this as like a people talk about being recovered drug addicts and recovered say alcoholics. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, nah, you're not recovered. You're recovering. You're always recovering. You're one mm -hmm. drink away or one, one joint away or one, one injection away from being an addict again. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it with the things I'm not good at. I'm, I'm, I'm always 
one action away from lapsing back into bad bad behaviors. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, this was good. So yeah, we, got a good chat. Things, we got a couple of things each that we can work on. I'm going to start implementing some, I'll get back to my routine of kind of, you know, morning gratitudes, a little quiet time too, to really think, be grateful for what I have. Uh, as far mm -hmm. as patience goes, I think maybe just taking a couple breaths before I, st <laughs> st you know, one, two, goose fraba. Rub the earlobes. Rub the earlobes. As I'm about to yell at someone, I'll just start rubbing my earlobes and really freak them out, and then they'll walk away. <laughs> and yeah. I won't have to deal with them. <laughs> that's, that's from Bad Boys too. You know, the, the captain, he's rubbing his earlobes, and, and then Martin Lawrence starts doing it, and he's like, woosa. <laughs> his woosa moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, obviously, there's so much for us to, to constantly work on. I think one of the things that I appreciate most about the the podcast is it's given me a platform to be vulnerable um which i used to see as a weakness and have embraced as a strength these days that's good man. And you have to win so growth 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 um cool. we have a few things coming up uh in terms of interviews i have an interview i need to run by you off air um, we've talked about it before and i think you were a little confused by it but i think i've got them on the hook two people oh. actually um, but yeah, we have some exciting interviews coming up as long as Ben doesn't say no. Um, well, and I had two reach outs that I haven't gotten nailed down either. What the heck? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm looking about to some um, crap if they don't get back to it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for rating and reviewing us. And if you haven't, you're an asshole and go and do it now, please. Um, <laughs> True. We should be back to normal next week not recording remotely because uh, I think Ben and I are healthy enough that we can get in the same room and socially distance. With Ben's legs, we're usually six feet apart anyway because he tries to play footsie with me. Anyway, we okay. appreciate you guys listening. Until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.